like most of you, I laughed profusely <laughs> when I uh, heard that Trump had tested positive for COVID. And honestly, my train of thought was if he did test positive, it would be, you know, asymptomatic. It wouldn't be terribly serious. Um, but just that he had to get a positive test and going through like the psychological effect of, you know, testing positive for COVID, the impact of that on somebody who is said to be a germaphobe, that was kind of enough for me. I, I, I In fact, I said to my husband after laughing for about 20 minutes straight, <laughs> um, was I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I bet you it's not even that serious because... In order for it to be serious, at least from what I understand of the virus, like you have to be exposed to somebody with like severe symptoms. And this is the kind of person who I watched an interview where like literally a person coughed in his presence and uh, he like shunned them out of the room. So imagine my surprise when I think was it like a day later, it might have been, yeah, it was a day later less than 24 hours later, they were saying that they were taking him to the hospital out of an abundance of caution. Now, my first instinct is really like, only because it just seemed like, I don't know, man, it just didn't fit. In fact, it's now, what is it? Was today Monday? Yeah, it's now Monday. It's 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all of what just happened in the last four days just feels very hoaxy to me. Like, I just, I, I have a hard time believing anything that 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 has happened. Like, and like, low-key, I really am wondering if the whole hospitalization was just more like theatrics and cinema than anything else. Um, I think at my core, I genuinely believe that even though he tested positive, like, I don't think it was like, as bad as maybe their the picture that they're painting that said you know I asked my husband I was like what do you really believe that he actually like needs to be you know hospitalized and my husband was like the amount of people that would have to be involved in basically a conspiracy to lie to the American people that the president actually was like ill is you know like it like it would be like mind bending and mind boggling. Like, so it's just easier to believe that he really is that sick and he really did need the steroids and he really did need the oxygen and that they really did give him all of these drugs than to believe that this individual is capable of something to that effect. But I don't know. <laughs> We've been paying attention for the last four years and something just doesn't feel right man like the fact that okay so he's like in the hospital and he's like fighting this like horrible drug where he's the risk factor for it right like a horrible disease rather where he's he's you know 74 years old so he's old you know he's overweight you know and who knows what other underlining um sicknesses and diseases that he has that puts him at at higher risk for, you know, basically, I guess, mortality through this virus. But I didn't want to just like impulsively like just react to the news. Like I really wanted to pause, watch, wait, read, do my research, talk some shit on Twitter, <laughs> read comments on Twitter um, to really kind of try to understand what people are saying and the news is saying and other people's, you know, analysis of what's going on. And there are some people on the far on one end of the spectrum that are like, you know, that's what he gets, you know, that's his karma. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum, kind of like me, that are having a hard time believing that for somebody who, from the stories we've heard of COVID and what it does to people's lungs and everything like that, for his age to be able to like record a video, you know, from the hospital in a suit and everything like that, walk to the plane or to the helicopter, walk, you know, into the hospital and then today walk out of the hospital and like he looks the same you know like I don't know like the whole thing just smells fishy 
my husband, another thing my husband said was, well, you know, why would he make himself look weak? Like, why would he pull something like this, like less than a month before any elections to allow himself to be hospitalized? Like who wants to, who willfully chooses to be hospitalized like a month before the elections? But this guy is like a entertainer. And I use that term kind of very loosely like he that's he he craves attention he likes the drama he has turned our lives into like a reality tv show and he operates on that premise and he it, he knows that everything he does is going to be you know taken apart and analyzed and discussed in all the news channels and on social media so clearly like every like the ads that came out I saw on YouTube where he was like, Donald Trump is a fighter. Him spinning it and saying, now I have one thing that Biden doesn't have, which is I, I, he's been infected. Like, ew, are you really trying to sell the fact that you're diseased as an incentive and a reason for people to vote for you? What the fuck kind of psyche, what kind of mindset is that? I, I, I'm not going to vote for somebody who intentionally like put themselves in the position to like basically catch a plague by his own words a plague so now you're infected gross and then you are even if he's even if the whole thing like i don't think they fake the positive test because chris christie tested positive kellyanne conway text tested positive i think the part is not the positive test that I think that they're faking. I think it's the severity of it. They want him to look like he can fight everything. And I tuned into Fox News and sure enough, that's the spin. He's a fighter. He's beat this and he'll beat whatever else. Da, da, da. Like that's that spin. And the whole thing, like who is this supposed to appeal to? At a certain point, you you pause and you look back and you're just like, they don't they're not talking to undecided voters like he's not doing this for undecided voters he's not doing this for like moderate voters he's not doing this for obviously for you know left-wing voters he is specifically speaking to his base and either he thinks that the whole country the same country that elected barack obama twice all right either he thinks the whole entire country somehow are huge fans of him now and are like Trump supporters like either he like legit thinks that or he's just completely clueless and totally okay with alienating like the majority of the country and also like the world like I I'm watching this stuff in the news and I'm just like yo this is not a good look for us and I watched some news reporting saying like our when he was in the hospital for the four days that he was hospitalized I watched the news reporter saying like, you know, our enemies are watching this. And then the other reporter responded like, our enemies don't have to do anything. They're watching us implode. Like, they don't need to attack. China doesn't have to do anything. Russia doesn't have to do anything. North Korea doesn't have to do anything. They're watching our our cities like burn from protests and watching the president not do anything about it. In fact, sick its own military on its people. They're they're watching our our president get infected and get hospitalized. Like like let's legit think about it. like even if like let's think about China where COVID started. Even if the Chinese like I don't know if he's like the prime minister or president, whatever the fuck he is, excuse me, <laughs> whatever he is, that's where this thing like originated from was in China. And the, the let's say prime minister, um, he never got infected as far as we know. So like, honestly, I have so many questions. Like it does make us look weak. Like, okay, if, if legit, like if he legit tested positive, why, <laughs> why publish, why publish, why publicize it rather? I can't even speak, publicize it. Right. So then that makes me feel like, okay, maybe he really legit was sick. All right. Like that's the other part of my brain. It was like, okay, maybe he's not faking it. Maybe he legit is sick. And then the, like all of the, <laughs> the drugs that they gave to him are somehow giving him this feeling of euphoria and allowing him to walk. Um, but clearly, you know, like the doctor says, we're not out of the woods yet. Like, 
people are saying that they believe he's faking it to me like I can understand like I guess in his mind how faking a COVID diagnose like diagnosis can be kind of in his mind anyway beneficial to him but I don't know like that just I don't know it's just this whole thing is weird this whole year is weird this last four years have been weird this whole thing is weird to me he's like I gotta get out of this hospital that's what he's saying he's gotta get out of the hospital which makes me think that okay maybe he really was sick um but like people have pointed out like the steroids they gave him like he's 74 years old the steroids they gave him the medication that are not fda approved that they injected him and are consistently pumping him regardless of what it is like let's say he's fine are you fit to run this country for four years or either of them biden Biden isn't fit to run this country for, for four years either physically. But the problem, the difference is that one of them is actively putting themselves in harm's way and putting the people they care about him, or not care about him, but they are charged with protecting him in harm's way as well. Like, this just wild. Just wild. And I, and I don't, I don't know what to make of it, honestly. If you can't tell after 11 minutes of me just kind of being around all over the place. And I, I'm obviously not alone. I know you feel the same way too. No matter where you feel fall on the spectrum, if you feel like he's faking it or if you feel like he really did get sick and somehow they've pumped him full with a, full of enough drugs so that he can, you know, the, you know, theater, right? He can look like he's recovering and then once he gets into the White House whatever but you know there was a period of time where we didn't hear from him for like two three days so it's not like he kept tweeting and everything like that so i think he genuinely was sick so basically i just stopped for 12 minutes to basically come to the conclusion that okay he had to have been like genuinely sick because why would you allow yourself to be hospitalized for four four days and now they're just kind of spinning it to his advantage but it's just it's such an insult to the intelligence of the majority of us that it's like sickening like i they're, they're really trying to sell this infected like outbreak monkey of a president that's walking around literally infecting all of dc with covid right having super spreader events like it's just disgusting like it's like somebody like they started the analogy and people have compared the flu to covid but at the end of the day even when a person has just the regular ass basic flu, like influenza, you know, like you should stay the fuck away from other people. Like you shouldn't be putting yourself in situations where you're close to people, where you can infect them and then have them infect others. So if you are even on like the right and you want to compare COVID to the flu, Forcing your secret service to be in a car with you and breathe your same flu-ass air, <laughs> you know, knowing that they have loved ones and family members of friends and stuff like that. And now that they've been exposed to you, they probably will have to quarantine also. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, this, this, uh... <sighs> yeah, so that that's just my observation. All I can... All I can say at the end of it, of this all, and that, that's, I'm, that, this is basically all the time I'm going to spend on the whole Trump COVID thing, and then I'm going to try to move on to cooler topics, is that I'm just watching. Like, I've said in previous episodes, like, we're on some sort of futuristic, you know, alien-powered reality show anyways, and so, like, I remember watching uh, Saturday Night Live, I think it was, like, Weekend Update, and what uh, Michael Che said was, he was like... Trump getting COVID is almost like, it's like, it's like almost like two on the nose. Like it almost is like scripted, right? Like he's like, imagine I'm telling a joke of like making fun of people who don't wear belts and then my pants fall down in the middle of the joke. Like it's so mind boggling. What do you even, <laughs> like, what do you even say to that? And I think we're all there and I think we're all getting fatigued. I'm certainly tired of talking about it. I didn't, I have been mindful as much as possible as I could be to avoid talking about it over the last, you know, few um, episodes and um, seasons to just 
try not to talk about them as much as possible. And I am honestly looking forward to the day, and hopefully that's November 4th, hopefully, or definitely at least January after January, um, where we don't really have to talk about this guy anymore because like I'm burnt out, I'm tired. It's like, end it already, end it already. So on that topic, I will basically end it with this. Very risky what he is doing. Um, If what the doctors are saying is accurate. um, Literally, they're saying it's till like next week, Monday, before we know for sure that he's like, okay. And given his age and his health, like leaving the hospital early. Like, I don't know how you spin this if he gets sick again or if he suffers side effects from his actions like from the medications and then his actions of leaving the hospital make it so that they can't get to him in time and i'm certainly not wishing death on anybody i don't wish death on him um some people have and i think that they're well within their rights to wish death on him because of how he has pissed off so many people and a lot of you know conservatives are like oh my god like what kind of person are you to wish death on on the president like well that's just despicable like first of all i literally went on obama's page and read through the comments and people are posting on there it's been a you know i'm getting real sick and tired of waiting to see your name in the obituaries like people wish death on obama all the time people wish death on celebrities all the time now all of a sudden it's Trump and everybody wants to act like, oh no, like it's, no, not everybody, but his supporters want to act like, oh, you have to show compassion. He's never shown compassion to anybody. He mocked Hillary when she probably had the precursor to COVID when she, I'm not laughing at her, I'm just saying, when she was like passing out on it was like September 11th and she had pneumonia, he mocked her. I'm not making this up. There's literally videotape out there of him actively mocking Hillary saying that she's unfit to be president because she had pneumonia. Well, you have whole ass COVID and you have to be hospitalized very publicly. And your supporters, your followers are telling us that we need to exercise compassion. A couple episodes ago, I talked about like people using guilt and judgmentation to control and, and judgment, I should say, to control other people's behavior. And it's very hypocritical. We've all wished death on somebody we don't like, like, especially when you find out that like their karma is dealing with them. Of course, you wish death on them. Like, I've gone through periods of time where I've dealt with people that are, I'm like, you know what? Like, I literally, like, if you just something happens to you, like, I'll be cool with that. So, none of us are better than the other person. And so now trying to act like holier than down, like, oh my God, how dare you wish death on, on Trump? Like, like he didn't have it coming. Like, sit down and shut up. Like, the, the holier than thou, I'm better because I'm a Christian and I'm good and all that other, like, hypocritical nonsense. Like, stop it. Let's stop it. Um, But to go back, I certainly wasn't wishing death on the president, not because I'm better than anybody, but because I want him to lose the election. <laughs> like, I, I want him to, to... Death almost is, like, too easy, right? Like, you can't, how do you go through life being the way that you are and your only karmic sort of consequence is that you die no like i want him to lose the election i want him to have to go through court i want him to have to possibly go to jail like i i want him to face serious consequences for his actions mostly because there's a side of me that still isn't quote enlightened yet (laughs) and you guys have been with me on my whole journey like listening to oh show and boot you know books on buddhism and hinduism obviously this episode um is slightly off topic but you know not really like what I do love about Osho and I'm still listening to his stuff um and I'm going to delve into it a little bit in this episode but what I do love about Osho is that he says look if you like to gossip like gossip like I'm not about repression I'm about you being true to what you are right and not about hypocrite you know hypocritical behavior I'm not about like judging and condemning if you like to gossip gossip eventually you reach a point when you realize like you know what I don't really enjoy it anymore and then you let it go um he his mindset Osho's mindset is all about just like monitoring and observing right not being unconscious not repression and so some people listen to it and say oh she's like practicing Buddhism and she listens to Osho now she's like she spent like 20 minutes condemning Trump I know there's like very few people who are thinking that but I'm saying like obviously um in theory, people are thinking this. And my response to that is like, yeah, I'm a human being and 
um under normal circumstances when something this crazy happens like you're gonna speak your truth and you're gonna say like this is weird this doesn't seem right like this is hypocritical you're putting people's lives at risk by saying like oh it's nothing to worry about you know you're encouraging reckless behavior in a situation where where like it's not us it's just dealing with this the rest of the world is dealing with this you know and he wants to say law and order but then he like publicly flouts the law publicly flouts you know order like he actually creates chaos but wants to say law and order the whole like to me having him die from covid like it's just no like he he's got to really deal with the consequences for my <laughs> just for the benefit for my own sense of like understanding just how this world works and how karma works um, but also for the sake of this country, for the sake of other people being able to show their children, like, yeah, you, you can't be this kind of a shitty person. And then there's no consequence to it. There has to be some sort of public consequence for the things can, so we can maintain a certain sense of civility, right? And balance, right? So that's just my perspective, um, on all of that. Moving on a couple of days ago, maybe last week, I, um, I don't know what I had a reaction to. I ate something I shouldn't have eaten. And so I had to take a bunch of like my, um, my herbs that help for like brain fog and things like that. Um, and wormwood, um, caprylic acid. I took some low dose naltrexone, um, omega threes like uh and i also took a little bit of an edible of uh thc and with a lot of cbd to kind of balance it out so i threw a bunch of anti-inflammatories on my you know at myself um and then in the middle of the night so my vision isn't like perfect i wear glasses for the most part and obviously on other t situations i wear contacts so i don't have the best vision i don't have the worst vision but i don't have the best vision however in the middle of the night after taking this cocktail of like anti-inflammatory um herbs i looked up and in the middle of the night i looked up and above my husband floating about a good maybe six feet close to the ceiling watching him sleep was this dark haired like she had dark long hair kind of like bounce curl bouncy curls um and like olive skin and she had a t-shirt with a heart on it and she was like like floating above him watching him sleep and I turned and looked dead at her. My mom says that I was dreaming. My dad says it might have just been like a hallucination. You know, like when you're dreaming and then you wake up, but you think you're awake, but it's just like a replication of your surroundings. And your dream just basically has kind of plastered itself into reality. So you're half awake, half asleep. Because I saw her very clearly, um, which under normal circumstances, my vision would not have allowed me to see that. So maybe I was, maybe it was a dream, but I don't think so. It didn't feel like a dream to me. It felt like I opened my eyes and looked and I saw something. And when I, as I stared at her, she did not acknowledge me, sit like laying in bed, didn't acknowledge me at all. She was watching my husband with like pure, like unadulterated, like love, right? And I was like, that's so weird. And like, the more I looked at her, the more all of a sudden, like she started to shimmer and then she like faded away. Um, I I definitely leading up to this, like maybe this past couple of years or whatever, I never really had an experience with like seeing things like at night specifically, but more and more I've been seeing things like that specifically just at night, like not during the day, but just at night. And usually like halfway between waking up and falling asleep. So might be a hallucination, might be a projection of my dreams. I don't know, but that's what happened. Now, we started watching Fringe uh, shortly after that vision that I had. And as we're watching Fringe, there's an episode where Olivia, she basically says that because of some drug that they administered to her, um, it allowed her to be able to see when a person is from like an alternate timeline or alternate uh, reality. Um, if you haven't watched Fringe, check it out. It's actually a very good show. Kind of icky. <laughs> Some of the um, stories are kind of like, you know, graphic, stuff like that. But the all underlining themes, I think is a J.J. Abrams show. Underlining themes are very entertaining and um, things that make you kind of go, hmm, interesting kind of stuff. Um, but so she is able to see when a person is like not from our reality or something is not from our reality. It's from like a parallel universe. And as I'm watching the show, I think to my husband, I think to myself, and I, I turn to my husband rather, and I say, you know, the way that woman was watching you, 
I had the like instinctive feeling that this was like your wife in like an alternate reality. And what I mean by that is like I'm what I mean by that is like like she wasn't married to him, like to my husband. She was married to like my husband's persona in a parallel universe. And then maybe something happened to him and in their reality they're advanced enough where they can toggle between parallel worlds and so maybe I caught her in the process of watching him sleep and so I said that to him that was like last week and then yesterday we start watching an episode where literally that exact same storyline happened where there was an old woman she lived in like an apartment complex there was like a vortex there that was like basically um opening the space between both realities and she had lost her husband her husband in the parallel universe had lost his wife and they were both married to the same people, obviously the same person, but they were missing each other's parts. On one end, the woman, the old woman, had no children with her husband. On the opposite end, the old man had daughters with the wife. And so because they were both desiring each other, it caused a rift between the fabric of space and time and allowed them to be able to see each other. And so the woman could see her husband and then he could see her and they both strongly desired something and so it was literally bending reality around them. The way the episode ended, spoiler alert, is that um, they basically convinced her like that is a copy of your husband in a copy of our world in a parallel universe, but it's not actually your husband. And she like didn't want to believe it until the husband copy said, you know, I missed you so much. And she was like, I miss you too. And then he was like, and our daughters miss you. And she was like, we never had kids. I'm not your wife. And then he faded away and he faded away in the exact same way that the lady faded away. The lady that was watching my husband sleep faded away from my vision in the middle of the night. I'm not making this up. I swear on my life that this is literally what what happens in my life i have no incentive to make this up i can literally talk about anything i mean that's what the podcast is for i'm not trying to be intriguing any you know way shape or form i i can only speak my my truth so this is what's happening i don't know what it means um at all but i'm sure as time progresses um it will make itself known to me as it always does so i wanted to share that with you guys just more for food food for thought and something to think about like imagine a parallel world where something or another there is uh for some reason or another rather they are more like technologically advanced than we are and while we're still in the process of you know toggling or figuring out like our laws of physics and the fact that we're in a simulation let's imagine that something or another happened on that reality and they do have a better understanding of the laws of physics and can utilize either wormholes or black holes or whatever it is to transfer and to travel rather between realities and imagine imagine like you have a your doppel in a different reality is married to somebody and then you your your doppel dies in that reality and then their spouse somehow finds a way to like observe you or guide you or watch you or protect you or visit you even and then that's the kind of stuff that gets your mind going. Like like imagine a story, like a sci-fi story of like just that, right? Like two parallel worlds, right? Imagine it's two stories. Oh, and by the way, and I always say this when I start giving ideas for stories, if you want to um, take my idea, pay me. <laughs> pay me, okay? But so imagine you're watching, a sh- uh, let's imagine a story, right? Um, you have like um, two couples and they're the same, right? But they're doppels of each other. And you, you, you know, have one storyline happening here, another storyline happening here. And then, of course, uh, tragedy happens and each of them lose their significant other. But in one reality, they are capable of traveling across um, parallel universes. And the other reality, you know, the the woman's just like mourning. So the guy in the reality that's more... Um, technologically advanced first starts to watch the doppel of his wife like mourning him and he has a full understanding that it's not really her 
that obviously there's slight differences or whatever. It's like, it's her if different things had happened differently. So the personalities though are slightly different. Um, because as I've said in this podcast and in the Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse, just because a person has a similar body as you in a parallel universe doesn't mean that that's a copy of you. Your consciousness is different the way, you know, my cell phone is a copy, is an iPhone 8. Um, my neighbor has an iPhone 8, but the users are different. So the bodies are this exactly the same, but the users are different. The consciousness that controls each phone is different. And so the content in the phone is going to be different. The web history is going to be different. The way it acts, you know, the way the phone behaves is going to be different because maybe my neighbor might be more careful with their phones, whereas I drop my phone a lot. So similar physical exactly the same physical like DNA or whatever, but the controller, the consciousness behind it are going to be different. So there's going to be differences in the behavior and things of that nature, kind of like twins or triplets. Um, so in the more advanced reality, the guy um, comes into our reality and he basically like keeps putting himself in her way. Um, so like, he's like, starts by like watching her a little creepy, but you know, make it like, give it a romantic spin, um, starts by watching her and then figures out, okay, she goes to coffee shops or whatever post COVID. And, um, then he like accidentally quote, accidentally like runs into her and he, she, he kind of changes his hair a bit. Um, but because like I said, same physical in you know same dna they they look like each other right like so the girl the man from the parallel universe looks like her husband but he changes himself a bit so she can't quite put her finger on it i don't know i don't know what the semantics of it will be but like twins like twins kind of look alike but also different right even twins that have been separated from birth like they they do look different so she just runs into this guy who looks very much like her ex or not her ex like her of her husband who had passed away and she has a hard time like coming to terms with it and she's like who like what what's your name da, da, da. it's a completely different name but he knows why anyway he like romance you know he romanticizes her is that a word he courts he courts her uh she falls in love with him and then he later on reveals that he's from a parallel universe and let's say that the what is the conflict? Well, the conflict is that he starts shimmering because he can only be here for like three months at a time before he has to go back. And she's like fall in love with him. And he reveals like, I'm not, you know, who I said I am. I'm actually a doppel of your, you know, your husband or whatever. And I lost my spouse and I searched the multiverse to find you. Um, but I have to go. And she's like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to, have to basically lose you again and long story short the they you know they separate but then she finds a way to go there um and then I don't know maybe they like just toggle realities every three months or whatever um anyway that's my story (laughs) wouldn't you watch that I would totally watch I would read that actually I read that as a like a book I have all these like ideas and I always want to like sit and like write write it out like a short story um but then like I start and then I don't finish um I gotta what I need to do is find like a like a ghost writer or like a friend who's like a really good writer but doesn't have like ideas and then I kind of like feed them the ideas and we co-produce a book together and put it out because there's so much wealth of, of like storytelling and and concepts of parallel worlds and this world being a simulation and things like nature that we could actually create a lot of really good content um, if you get like a couple of good minds working together. Um, so I wanted to share that with you. Um, what else was I going to share? I talked about parallel worlds. I talked about the bullshit with what's happening with Trump. Um, let's see what else. I, I always keep notes. There's a quote that I came across that says, when you open your mind to the impossible sometimes you find the truth and i think that kind of fits well into basically the story i just told you right um about parallel worlds i mean a lot of people listen to that and think well that's like impossible well only because your mind is closed and the idea is when you open your mind you know 
to what you perceive of as impossible. Sometimes you find the truth. Sometimes the truth lies in what we think is impossible. Um, if you told people, and I've used this analogy before, if you told people 200 years ago that, you know, you'll be able to communicate with somebody halfway across the world instantaneously and see them on a black tablet, um, they're going to, they would have told you it's impossible. A lot of things that we think is impossible is just impossible for us right now. But if all of time is happening at once, then that means that the future is concurrently happening right now then nothing really is impossible. You're just out of time, right? You're out of moment in time to experience that. Speaking of time, what I have been doing is I've been actively trying to retroactively communicate with my past self. And what I mean by that is like, let's say, let's say to, let's say today. Okay. Let's say, let's say we are, it's Sunday, right? So let's say it's Sunday. I'm expecting something to happen on Monday. I'm anxious about something that's going to happen on Monday. What I do, what I've been doing is come Monday, I will actively try to speak through my thoughts to the Sunday version of me telling myself that everything is okay. And what I do on Sunday is try to speak to the Monday version of myself asking if everything is okay. My thought process is this, and I know that sounds wild, but like rewind what I just said and loop it a couple of times and you'll understand what I'm trying to say. Um, my my thought process is this, and every, all the books that I've read about, you know, um, parallel selves and um, the your higher self, specifically, um, your Damon from uh, Anthony Peak, things of that nature. It's basically, they all kind of conclude on the fact that your future self can communicate and actively guides your past self. And you can be guided by future versions of yourself. And so my thought process is, well, if I get into the habit of basically intentionally communicating with my future self and vice versa, my present self can communicating with my past self, if I can strengthen that behavior over time, eventually I could literally at the age of 80 or 60, send a message psychically to my 30-year-old self or my 40-year-old self saying, don't do this, do this. And it will be interpreted as intuition, but I could do that and subsequently prolong my life, avoid making bad decisions, may end up making good decisions and essentially guide myself. And my argument is that, and I've argued that throughout this year specifically, is that I've already been doing this. Like there's a future version of myself that has been kind of guiding my paths, so to speak. And so then the thought, it kind of, the thought presents itself is that, okay, well, if I'm already being guided by my future self, then I might as well presently get into the habit of guiding my past self in order to ensure that a reality in which my future self is able to guide and communicate with my past self exists. I'm not going to repeat that again. Just <laughs> re-loop it, like rewind, hit that, you know, rewind button a few times and replay it until like what I just said makes sense because it does make sense. You just have to kind of wrap your mind around it. Um, and as a result, you could very well be your own, end up being your own guide, especially if you actively now work on it. So like imagine if let's say today you just get in yourself into habit of communicating with your future self, like communicating with yourself tomorrow, right? Something that you're looking forward to, right? Like something, something big, like let's say right now, I'm, this is actually one thing I have been actively thinking about is who's going to win the election. And the hope is that I get myself into the habit of thinking forward and and backwards, back and forth, but using the same mind as a transmission, transmitter, using the same brain as a transmitter. Um, I want to get to the point where my, the, the psyche of my November 3rd self can send me thoughts and say, this person wins, right? And in order to do that, I... Over the last, like, over the next, like, 20 days or so, I'm going to, I'm actively getting myself into the habit of communicating 
with my past self and my present self. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I know it makes sense. So let's say tomorrow, I want to know, excuse me, excuse me. I want to know if tomorrow, like a stock that I'm watching is going to go down. Right. So right now I'm going to send a thought to my future self and say, hey, is this stock going to go down? Then when I get to tomorrow, I'm going to think back to this moment now and say, yes, the stock does go down like $2, right? And then the idea is that I'm communicating across time between tomorrow's version of myself and today. And I think if you do that enough times, you can actually get strong enough where you might be able to essentially have feelings of deja vu or really strong intuitions and things like that and subsequently change your life, like shift yourself to more um, positive reality experiences. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, something else I've been kind of wanting to talk about very, very briefly. Okay, well, I think that's it for today's episode. Um, I'm going to keep kind of on the lookout and kind of pop in if anything happens within the next week, try to pop in and kind of speak on it. Um, I think ultimately to kind of wrap it all up from what I was talking about earlier in regards to, you know, Trump and blah, 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 is this. Either none of us is special or every one of us is special, right? Whatever you think about yourself, you think the same about other people. And that will destroy the ego. No matter what you think about Donald Trump, observe him. What I have been trying to get from this is one, a better understanding of, from, from his behavior, I should say, is one, a better understanding of karma. Two, watch to see just how dangerous unchecked narcissism, which basically is just a synonym for the ego. Watch how dangerous unchecked an unchecked ego can be both to the detriment of people around you and to the detriment of yourself. So what he has been, what I've turned his behavior into being is uh, a reminder to stay cautious, conscious rather. And the definition of consciousness is being aware, being aware of your behavior and how your behavior um, affects yourself and affects other people. Earlier I spoke about how, you know, it could be mis- misconstrued that, you know, my criticism, if you want to even use that term, criticism, I, I look at it more of observations um, of Trump's behavior since, you know, that I spoke on, particularly with his um, hospitalization, one could argue like, well, how do you claim to be on a path of enlightenment and you're still criticizing people? And my response to that is because my criticism of him is not from an emotional standpoint and it's not from an unconscious standpoint. I am criticizing him, but I'm very conscious of what I'm doing, how it makes me feel, why I'm doing it, right? For the most part, I'm doing it because it does make it does feed my ego to to see to see somebody behaving that way and saying like clearly this person is lacking common sense by making those statements. Excuse me. It um also kind of satiates and builds my ego. I am mindful of that. Um, but I think the takeaway to that is that you know time and place, right? Like when we're in the middle of a crisis like this and we're watching what's happening to our democracy. Um, there is time for you to put away that whole detachment thing, right? If you consider yourself a true, quote, Buddhist, or, you know, at least a Buddhist in practice, you, you do want people, you do want to sit and analyze things that do affect our daily lives, right? Um, and if you are capable of seeing things in ways that other people aren't able to see, then it's good to share it because we're all in this together and no person is an island. What I mean by that is this. I started out this episode talking about like before I recorded this episode, I went on Twitter, I went on the news, I I read comments and things of that nature because 
people have an ability to see things that other people may or may not see. And when they choose to share that, we we are able to learn from that. So when I'm sharing my observations and my thoughts, what, I'm, what my intention is, or my intent is to one, provide a perspective that you might be missing, that might be the you know, the piece, the missing piece of the puzzle of you trying to formulate what your ideas are in terms of what's going on both with, you know, Trump and just with the news and in politics and just in life in general. Um, but also if you are feeling the same way that I'm feeling, to feel like, you know, what you're not alone in your own thoughts too, that helps as well, right? So the one thing, one thing I want to share with you is, for example, um, Osho talks about waves in the ocean. You know, we're all we're all socialized and programmed to believe that we are just the individual, right? We're just that isolated wave, and that's what we see in narcissism. That's what we see in a, a, a heavily ego-driven individual, particularly like the likes of Donald Trump. He is. He thinks he's a wave. Uh, I'm sorry, he thinks he's the whole ocean when he's merely a wave in the ocean. And the rest of us are waves. And we all have our peaks and you know vowels and things of that nature. But he believes he is the ocean. And the problem with that is that you know everything moves in a pattern. You can't move out of step with the pattern without throwing everything else off of balance. He He's not the ocean. He's an individual wave within the ocean. And he doesn't seem to be aware of the consequences and the chain of events that comes from his behavior, particularly since he is, he may not be the ocean, but because of the belief that we have instilled in him through the office that he has been given or the office that he holds, he is a big wave because he is a collection of other bodies of water that support him. And so to me, what I want to leave you with this is when you watch the news, watch it from, I mean, it is entertaining to a certain extent, but watch it from uh, a mindset of what do I learn from this, right? What can he teach me? And what he can teach you, in my opinion, is how not to be driven by the ego because he is a walking example of what, can happen to an individual when ego is allowed to go unchecked, right? To think you're the whole ocean, but you're nothing but a wave. To behave as though he is, you know, untouchable and immortal. It would be, it is going to be interesting to see what does happen, if anything does happen. And what he has taught me, and I don't even think it's him, honestly. I will say it's more what his Osho taught me is to look at a person like that and not, what Osho has taught me is to look at an individual like that and not be emotionally like involved and moved. Like throughout everything that I've watched, I still come away from watching the news with laughter. Whereas maybe two, three, four years ago, I would have been genuinely, actually earlier this year, actually I'm not gonna put it that far back, I would have been genuinely angry. The whole thing is funny to me. The whole thing is funny to me because you're watching a chain of command and I'm always left like thinking like, why don't these individuals tell him no? But I've always felt the same way about like watching, you know, like a movie where there's clearly some tyrant that's just like has no business holding power. And then you watch other human beings who are, like I said, I like to use the wave analogy because it puts everything into perspective. Whether or not you're big, tall, small, or the other, you're just the wave in the ocean. You're, we're all one, we're all the same. And yet some people, some waves like to esteem themselves higher and then the rest of us kind of move along with them. And as a result, you kind of watch people behave in ways you know, that they wouldn't otherwise behave if they didn't have the full force of other people other people's belief in them. So teach everything or take everything that you are seeing with his behavior with a grain of salt, but also with the understanding that this is a lesson, a lesson on how not to be, a lesson on just life in general. Um, and a lesson on just, I guess, individuality um, at its worst so to speak. Um, you know, the one thing I said while watching the news is that this guy really isn't mindful 
of how history will portray him. He doesn't seem to care. But then what I said to my daughter was like, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if he's going to be dead. I guess who cares? And like I said, everything is a learning experience, right? So you look at the situation, you look at him and you go, you know, I don't want to be that kind of person. But there is something that I can take from that, which is being authentic, (laughs) true to who you are, even if you are a narcissist, um, that's what he is. He's being true to who he who he is without really caring too much about what future or history or people think about you. Take that from him. You know, don't I'm not saying emulate his behavior. His behavior is very antisocial, it's very sociopathic. But the lack of caring about what history is going to think of them is intriguing at the very least. I'm not going to say that this is an individual who doesn't care what people think because clearly he's saying I'm going to leave the hospital because the optics of being in the hospital for four days looks bad. So he does care about what people think about him. So obviously disregard that. And I guess maybe the message you take from that is, okay, even when people are literally wishing death on this person, their thoughts and their wishes aren't harming him, aren't physically obstructing him. Can you be like that in your business? Can you be like that in your approach to dealing with people? To be, you know, to be free to be who you are without letting guilt or fear or other people's expectations really um, control your behavior? Take from that, right? Learn from that and take from that and obviously leave the rest to karma. I would be very surprised if there's no karmic consequences for like everything this guy has been doing. And in fact, what I'm starting to learn from karma is that it's not even some unforeseen, like invisible force that, that hearts you like a, like a demon or like a monster or whatever it is. Right. It's, it's basically the force of your own shitty actions. Right. If you are willing to put yourself at, put other people's lives at risk because of something that your ego told you, is true without validating it, eventually that willingness to put other people's lives at risk um, ends up backfiring because you end up putting yourself as at risk as a result because ultimately we're all connected. We are all one. I can't harm other people without eventually harming myself. I can't say, you know, speak ill of people without eventually Without without that eventually reflecting back negatively on myself, I can't punch a wall without hurting myself, and that within itself is also a lesson that we can learn from all of this. So, we're what twenty eight days, twenty nine days to the election of November third. Um, October is always an interesting month, uh, so you know, keep your heads up. Um, I wish I could say without a shadow of a doubt that this guy is not going to win, but the fact that I can't say that is actually very telling. What I am hearing is that if for some weird reason that this dude ends up winning, you really want to make sure that before the election that your food, you have food stored, you know, and water stored and things of that nature. Even if it's not the election, we're going into the fall. We don't know if things are going to get shuttered again. So what we don't want to do, if you're listening, is you don't want to be stuck. You don't want to be struck like we were struck back in March where we're scrambling for food and things of that nature. So stock up your coffers now um, while you can, just in anticipation for uncertain times ahead, both with the elections and, of course, moving into the fall and COVID and things of that nature. So uh, stay safe, stay well, stay healthy, and thanks for listening.